Hey everyone, this is Christine Blake, the host of Inside the Media Minds. Today we have a really special episode for you. We're talking to Kelly Jackson Higgins, an award-winning journalist and executive editor at Dark Reading. We spoke to Kelly about the Black Hat Conference coming up here soon, and we also learned more about Dark Reading and her role with the publication. Enjoy the show. So, hey Kelly, thanks so much for coming on Inside the Media Minds. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you. We're so excited to have you. Um, we really want to get to know you a little bit more as the executive editor at Dark Reading. And I know you have over 20 years of experience as an award-winning journalist. We want to get to know you better. Um, and also, we're recording this uh, right before the Black Hat Conference. So we'd love to talk to you about what your plans are at Black Hat, um, about Dark Reading's role with the show, and um, and go from there. That sounds great. Perfect. So um, like I mentioned, you're the executive editor at Dark Reading one of the most influential publications in the industry. How did you get your start in journalism? Oh, wow. Um, so I was originally supposed to be a sports writer, if you can believe it. Wow. <laughs> that was my original plan. Um, and I got to the real world and realized that it was just an easy path to take. Um, and it got a little bit boring, to be honest. So um, I went from writing sports to um, nabbing a job for a technology uh, publication um, that covered IBM. That was kind of my first job. Um, And then I just sort of migrated sort of naturally to security topics um, when they started getting more important in the 90s and and it just became something that um, I was more interested in. So I ended up specializing kind of in security. I actually um, had my own freelance business for a while um, and then uh, joined Dark Reading when it launched. Which was, I had a freelance writing business, um, so I was oh, okay. doing, um, yeah, I started out working for um, some folks, and then I went off on my own for a while and did a combination of all types of tech writing, including security, and I also did some business writing as well. Um, and then I took, um, I joined Dark Reading when it was founded 12 years ago, so I came on oh, wow. about a month after they kicked off. Yeah. Okay. A month after they kicked off, you came on. That's awesome. Yeah. So what what interested you about security from the start, to go from sports to security? Totally different. (laughs) Well, what's funny is I didn't picture myself back in the day as a technical person, but I was always the person who liked to try new technology. So Mm -hmm. I was kind of like a super user, I guess, um, if that's the right word for it. I was always interested in using the latest and greatest of anything. Like I would be excited about it and want to be the first one to use it. So I was always naturally drawn to technology. So um, Mm -hmm. that kind of made it fun. And then security, you know, is never boring. And I always kind of saw it as the, I think, the heart and soul of all of the technology issues that we see. And you saw it sort of heating up, you know, back in the early days, it was more, you know, people messing around, seeing what they could get away with. And, you know, then a cyber crime exploded and obviously nation state mm-hmm. cyber espionage exploded. We realized how, you know, important it is. And I, it always, to me, was a really exciting and interesting area um, for people that you get to meet and talk to and, and the technology involved, and then just the, the issues themselves. So I feel like it underlies everything technology-wise. I think probably the general public is just starting to realize that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then just for our, our listeners, can you just give a quick overview of Dark Reading and your role at the publication? Absolutely. Um, so Dark is a one of the top cybersecurity news sites. Um, we literally um, – we have a combination of news analysis, um, commentary, contributed commentary pieces, um, other resources on our site. Um, but our goal is to be kind of the go-to place on cybersecurity news topics, um, sort of how-to type stories we're working on as well. 
um, latest and greatest um, trends and, and the news. And we try, one thing that we've, we've done from the beginning was, you know, there's a lot of news sites out there. We didn't want to just be, you know, writing straight regurgitation of what's happening. Our, mm -hmm. our goal is to, um, with our sort of our bread and butter, is to have news analysis pieces that kind of give you the, the, uh, the sort of what it all means to you, um, what's really going on here. We try to drill beyond just the, the face value of the news. So we try to really get into the, the trends, the topics, and give some good analysis. That's kind of our always been our goal to get a little value add, I guess, with our stuff. And I'm so as executive editor, I, I wear several hats. Um, I'm in charge of our news operations, so I decide kind of what we cover and make sure we've got everybody deployed to cover it. Um, I also do some editing, um, some mentoring, and um, I also work with our events people as well. The events that we work on. And then I also still wear my reporter hat. <laughs> so okay. kind of a combination of things. <laughs> you yeah. have a ton of responsibility, basically. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and then how many how many writers and re how many reporters are um, working at Dark Reading now? That's a good question. We we look huge, but we're actually kind of lean and mean. Uh, we have, um, besides myself, and I, I call myself a full-time reporter, but I don't get to write every day. I write most mm -hmm. days, but I used to write every day. Um, but we have... Uh, is Kelly Sheridan and Kurt Franklin, who write for us on a daily basis. Yeah. Uh, and we also have a couple regular freelancers, Jade Vijayan, who's worked with us for many years, and Erica Chikowski pitches in as well, and uh, Steve Zurier. So we have some freelancers we, we, uh, we rely on as well, and then some of our staff folks, Sarah Peters, um, sometimes writes for us as well, too. So mm -hmm. we look huge, um, but we're really not. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely cover a wide range of topics all, um, all across industries. So what are some of the major topics that you're seeing right now? Um, I saw you recently wrote on election security. There's a lot on, on the cloud, on AI. What, what do you see are the, as the biggest trends um, in the industry right now? Well, well, there's a lot of trends. Um, I think, you know, the, the thing that I keep coming back to, um, and now that I'm, you know, able to, that I'm not writing every day, sometimes I have time to step back and just sort of look at the bigger picture. And I feel like one of the things that, that we're trying to look at is, you know, there's a lot of technology, a lot of threats out there, um, but there's organizations who are getting bombarded with this stuff, and we're trying to help them figure out, you know, what's relevant to them, what's not relevant to them, what they should be doing. Um, you know, there's obviously a shortage of people in the industry, so, you mm -hmm. know, how can you use technology to leverage the resources you have, and how do you train your, your teams? Um, I've been looking a lot at um, the evolution of the Security Operations Center, so from the center response mm -hmm. side of things, I think, that seems to be one of the key things is how you respond to something, um, you know, how well prepared you are when the event comes in, you know, what, how you're detecting things. So I think that's kind of the underlying theme. I, I don't know if there's like a trend there, but that's kind of like where it's going. I think there's, you know, there's a ton of products, a ton of vendors, mm -hmm. but everybody wants to know, you know, what do I do in this situation? So I think yeah, that's I think something that we try sense. to tie into our stories. Yeah, that's something we try to tie into our stories and our coverage, I think. And I think that's really what people want to know. It's like at this point, um, you know, risks and threats are so pervasive and pretty much everyone's going to be impacted at some point. So it's like, what do you do? And it, I think it's really valuable to tell the audience, like, what do you do? How are you prepared? And, um, you know, how can you pick the best products to protect you? Absolutely. And I think it's, you know, I, I can't imagine, like, it's hard enough, hard enough for us to keep up with all the vendors, technologies, you know, startups, um, threats, and I can't even imagine what it's like to be in the shoes of somebody at a company or a small organization just mm -hmm. trying to take it all. That's what we try to keep that in mind when we're writing because, you know, it's, it's a reality that everybody's facing now. 
definitely. And then probably as the executive editor, and, and I know a lot of um, a lot of the reporters at Dark Reading too, you must get so many um, you know pitches and, and conversations from vendors and companies um, looking to get their story out there. How do you deal with that? Yeah, that, that's a huge challenge. I remember the day, and it doesn't seem like it was any time recently, but it probably was maybe five years ago, where I could actually respond to every pitch I got. <laughs> um, that's just not possible anymore. We, we always joke that you need like a full-time clone of yourself just to answer your email, um, because it's just we get so much. And, and, I'm, and I think I always think of that it's kind of similar to the bombardment of threat information and threats that, that people in the trenches are getting in the security space. But yeah, it's it's not easy. We you know we try to. One of my jobs is to you know, sort of like triage everything right that we get and see what mm -hmm. you know what makes sense and then balance it out and you know prioritize it and you know we try to go for what we think is the most interesting or most important stuff um, and then you know try to keep at least on top of all the things that are going on. But it's definitely not easy. I mean, I feel like there's really no way to answer all your emails anymore. I, I haven't been able to do it in a while, and I feel really badly about that. But that's just kind of <laughs> how it is now. I don't blame you. I mean, the the pace of email these days is crazy, and I can't imagine um, from your perspective how many you're getting. And I mean, to be able to sift through all of them and find out what's the most important and find out what is important for your audience to know, I think that's that's really valuable. Yeah, it's hard. You have to kind of like, you know, you can get caught up in the weeds if you dig through everything. You really have to kind of give yourself the, you know, the step back, look at the big picture. And then look and say, okay, is this something that our you know readers really need to know? Is this something that could be, you know, a big event? Is this something that you know is a, a hot topic? And, and we do watch mm -hmm. trends and things that we're seeing and kind of pull those together sometimes into stories. But it, it's not easy to keep up with the inbox. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then, what advice would you have for companies to try to um, to try to get through that noise? Um, any any advice or tips on like differentiating themselves? Um, as a company, or, or what do you think about that? that? That's a good question. I guess it probably depends on the publication, what they're looking for. Um, you know, we we do write about products, but that's not our main focus because we really that that would be like a full time publication to write about every product announced already. So we but we try to look at the trends that are happening with product, you know, evolution with technology evolution. Um, and, and I think you know if you, I, I think. Getting to know the publication and what they do helps. I, I find that some of the pitches we get are more that, that are more up our alley are kind of understand what we cover and kind of how we do it. You can kind of tell mm -hmm. the ones that are just sort of the, the pitch that was sent to a million publications, a generic one. Right. And I know there's more work on the other end of the company or their, their PR folks, but um, it really helps us if we get something that's focused on what we're doing or how we operate. Um, you know, and we're always looking for, you know, new stuff that's something that hasn't been looked at before, you know, something that's different or maybe a, a new um, solution or potential approach to something or a threat that's, you know, weird or different or, you know, potentially dangerous. So that it's just, it's kind of hard to, to, to sort of put that in a quick explainer, but I would say know your, your, uh, your, the publication that you're pitching to. I think that really helps. No, that definitely, that's good advice. Definitely helps. Um, so I want to switch and talk a little bit about Black Hat. I know that is coming up very soon. It's been, I think this is the 21st year that the conference is happening. Yes. Um, how many years have you been going? You know what? That's a really good question. I started to think <laughs> about that. I think I've gone, I want to say, I've probably gone for 12 or 13 of the years. Okay, um, that's impressive. Yeah, 
Yeah, um, I can't remember if I went the very first year I was at dark reading. I must have gone. So maybe it was 12 years. Um, yeah, and that seems crazy that it's gonna that's gonna be 21, right? Yeah. Are you sick of Las Vegas in August yet? <laughs> well, that yeah, that is that is the downside. Uh-huh. <laughs> the desert situation, uh, but you know, it's it's a tradition, the uh, the annual uh, tradition to go there. So we we, we, <laughs> we don't mind it too much. It's usually fun. Mhm. <laughs> that's funny. Um, so I know that the conference is growing a ton. I think I read last year had the most number of attendees with over 17,000 people, which is crazy. So um, just for our listeners, I, I know uh, I know Black Hat is um, part of an event put on by UBM. Can you explain a little bit about UBM, Dark Reading, and Black Hat and how it's all kind of, uh, kind of mixed together? Certainly. Um, so yeah, we're both um, part of the same company. Um, Black Hat is its own separate organization within the company, and we are a separate organization. But as a content uh, publication, we we provide support to, to Black Hat in terms of um, helping them with some of the resources at the show. Um, for example, um, a few of us will be helping with the CISO Summit, which is the uh, invite-only um, one-day event they have early in the week for CISOs in the industry. I'll be moderating a panel there. We've, Tim Wilson and I both have done that in the past. Um, Oh yeah, yeah. And okay. Kelly Sheridan will be praying some support to that. So we we've worked on that for a while. Um, I'm also doing a talk um, on the zero day, which is the day before the show. They have like a little intro to people who either have never been to Black Hat or just kind of need some strategies for how to organize their their uh, whole week because it is a little bit overwhelming. Um, mm-hmm. There's different talks about you know sort of how to, and I'm doing one on talks not to miss. So that's, oh. <laughs> and I'm still deciding on which one those, which ones those are. Cause really, <laughs> this year is ridiculous. There's 18 different briefings tracks, which is huge, and um, there's just a wow. lot going on there. There's also trainings the first few days, like workshops, hands-on stuff, um, and there's a lot of obviously social events. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so we we basically you know we also actually do some of our own sessions there as well. Um, I know Tim is heading up a couple of panel discussions uh, that, that Dark Reading put together on, I think, on Thursday. So um, we, we do that, and then of course, as as we were our main our main job when we get there is as reporters to um, you know cover the event, which we've been doing for over 12 years. And mm-hmm. so we've done a bunch of um, sort of preview pieces, kind of teasing some of the talks. We've been able to talk to some of the researchers, and then. We also obviously go there and cover the live event, so and that's that's pretty intense because yeah. it's probably the most news newsy event you can go to. I mean, every there's all these talks and you have to pick which ones you're gonna go to, and that's not easy. <laughs> you have to decide no, which ones are you know you definitely don't, and you're gonna miss one or two or more. Um, sure. But especially this year, it's so huge. So yeah, that's kind of our 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 role, and you know we've been like I said, we've been covering the show for at least ever since we started. So mm-hmm. a while. Cool. That's awesome. Um, so you have to kind of give an overview of the talks people should not miss. That's that's a big role. So what uh, what at the top of your? I know you said you're still creating that list, but what do you think are some of the talks and hot topics and things coming out of the conference that you don't think people should miss? Yeah, one thing I wanted to point out, and I think they've Black Hat's um, publicized that they have a new track this year. I think that's really interesting. Um, it's more of a people track called the community track. Um, okay. In the past, they've had some talks here and there, um, but they have a whole track dedicated to sort of people issues in the industry. Um, and that includes, um, there was a, a, a special event I used to do for them um, on diversity and women in the security industry. And now that's part of the, the, the actual tracks of the show, which is something everyone really wanted to see. So it's kind of cool. They have 
different, you know, people issues. You talk about um, burnout, um, physical mm-hmm. health, mental health, um, diversity and retention of uh, of, of um, female talent in the industry, um, addiction, depression, PTSD, sexual harassment, all kinds of all kinds of things like that. Like really people oriented issues. The industry is, you know. Has has its history of people burning out up for obvious reasons. You know, it's a twenty four seven job and security. If you really live and breathe it, so these are mm-hmm. kind of really, I think, really important issues. And there's some really great, um, great talks. I think that people are going to give firsthand, you know, advice, um, share their stories. And I think a lot of people are really looking forward to that because I think that's something that doesn't always get talked about enough. So, and that's really important too, obviously maintaining talent in your, in your team and making, keeping your team healthy and, and thriving. So I think that's a really cool session. They're going to a whole group of sessions have. They're going to events cool. surrounding that as well. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, yeah, and then I guess, you know, I'm still – I have my list in my head, but I have to finalize it. I'm going to make somebody mad when I decide on my final list. <laughs> but um, I, I think there's a, few, a couple things that I think are pretty exciting about Black Hat this year, one of which is the keynote address um, is – uh, by the director of engineering at Google, Parisa Tabriz, um, and she's she's a really interesting person. She's I've seen her speak a couple of times. She is doing a whole thing. I, I don't know the, the the content of her keynote, but she's going to talk about sort of the dissatisfaction with the status quo approach to security. I think that's something mm-hmm. she's going to talk about steps to kind of you know actually fix things or or make things better. And I think that's going to be really really useful. And it's pretty exciting to have her speak. I think that's going to be really neat. Um, yeah. And I'm a little bit biased because I, I, I was able to talk to him first, but um, the story that I've been looking forward to, the, the research I'm looking forward to, is Ruben Santamarta's talk. Um, he's doing a, a talk on how satellite equipment can be weaponized. And he did a talk, I think it was four years ago, at, at Black Hat, where he found all these major vulnerabilities in satellite equipment that you could like disrupt communication links to airplanes and ships and military operations. Well, he actually went and proved it this time four years later, and he was able to actually successfully hack into an uh, in-flight airplane's Wi-Fi network. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And satellite equipment from the ground, and I thought that was kind of, he actually proved it out what he had sort of theorized. Um, wow. So he, he did some pretty cool stuff. He's going to actually show a demo, uh, and I think it's probably a video of some stuff he did, but he's gonna, he was able to get um, to sort of see passengers' internet activity. Um, he could look at the plane's satellite equipment. Um, these are all things he thought he could do, and he actually was able to prove it out. So I think that's going to be really interesting. That scary, will be interesting. interesting and scary. <laughs> yeah, that's totally um, terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it is. But I think he, he's a great researcher, and I've watched him sort of evolve this research over the past four years. So that's kind of neat to see him bring it to the next level, mm-hmm. even though it scares it's the heck like out of me. Up. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And then, of course, um, everyone's always waiting for um, Charlie Miller and Chris Valasek's next car hacking talk. They're actually yeah. doing one on self-driving cars this time, and um, I actually saw their very first car hack research, which was, gosh, I was at the wrong year. It was at least five years ago. Um, they did the, uh, the Toyota and the Ford cars, and they did it um, sort of the static situation. You know, they were in the car, connected to the car. You know, they mm-hmm. messed around. They had it was definitely an eye popping for people to watch what they did in their videos. Um, and then, of course, they took it the next level two years later with the G Pack with the car being driven. So that was, so they feel like they've, they've pretty much uh, shown that part. <laughs> now yeah, they're looking so at self-driving cars. Um, so and I don't have a lot of, exactly. Um, and they always do really good. Mm-hmm. They're always great at doing presentations. They're both really funny and they're very smart. So that'll be, I'm sure that'll be a hugely um, attended one. And 
they're keeping it pretty close to their vest right now what they're doing. They were, last time I talked to them, they were still working on some things. So that will be one I, I definitely will want to see as well. I think those yeah. two stick out for me, but there's a ton of like really cool stuff on, you know, the um, microprocessor uh, vulnerabilities uh, spectrum meltdown. There's a couple of talks on that and other hardware hacking things I think that are pretty important that'll be also there. But I don't want to, you know, say that these are the only good things because there's a ton of good stuff. So. Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, those are definitely some you definitely don't want to miss. I remember in 2015, we saw all the news about the, the G-Pack and everything, so I can't wait to see what they do this year on the self-driving yeah. cars. Yeah, you wouldn't think they'd be able to talk themselves, but I think they're always, they're always thinking ahead. <laughs> yeah, it's impressive. Um, yeah. That's to my next question, actually. Um, Black Hat's a little bit different than other security conferences because it's a lot more research-based and it has kind of that wow factor in some of these presentations. What do you um, what do you see at, as some of the biggest differentiators and how it's different or similar to other conferences? Yeah, I, I think the, as a reporter, the first thing I think of is news. I mean, there's always something there to write about. There's something newsy happens either because of the talks or something that actually happens in their lives. Um, you know, and there were years past where somebody's talk would dramatically get pulled the last minute by the vendor, not wanting it to be revealed, or there was. You know, there's always something going on there, um, and, and that's. As a reporter, that's you know a dream come true. You're not going to yeah. be lacking for things to write about, um, and also the, you know all of the great minds, the technology minds are there. You know it's it's the place to be. Everyone knows that all the industry and the key researchers who are on top of all the stuff are all there, and that's it's hard to find a place where you're going to find them all in one at one time in one location. And a lot of times, either they're sharing their stuff or they're there to you know watching somebody else's stuff going on, or they're involved in the show somehow. So I think that makes it very different mm -hmm. than other talk, other conferences. And, you know, there is a, there is a show floor, there is a vendor aspect to it, um, which has grown a lot. Back in the day, it was a tiny little, you know, suite in the, in the Caesar. It was like in the Caesar's Palace. There was a right. little section where some little mini booths would be there <laughs> 10 years ago. So uh, now it's a big show floor. Um, but even still, that, that's still the, the whole um, emphasis is really on, you know, the key technology threats and key issues, key threats, key technologies, key issues in the industry. I think they do a really good job balancing all that out and keeping with their, you know, their tradition of, of you're going to find the latest and greatest stuff going on at Bacchat pretty much. Yeah, I think that really sets them apart um, as a show in, in, uh, in a lot of ways. Yeah. So my next question is, I think we're seeing we're seeing security become a lot more of a mainstream issue, and we're seeing conference the conference you know attracting business and mainstream media. What do you think this says about threat intelligence and cyber's evolution from a niche market segment to a more timely national issue? That's a really good question. I think about that a lot because I remember even six years ago, I had a hard time explaining to people what I do for a living, you know, outside yeah. of the industry. Um, and now people ask me questions in my family or friends or, you know, we're just in a social situation. Oh, you're, now I say cybersecurity. They're like, oh. So they'll start asking me questions. So, yeah, that's kind of nice because I remember, like, being like, yeah, I, I do something that no one in my family understands what I do. So I just <laughs> stopped talking about it. But now, now people actually, you know, want to know what you do. Um, know. Now people know what ransomware is. <laughs> exactly. Well, and that's part of it. That you, you raise a good point. A lot of the reason I think that it's become – so the awareness is up is because it is affecting people more directly. You know, probably it started even a little bit back with the target breach, right? When so many people's yeah. accounts were compromised. Um, mm -hmm. And then the Anthem breach and the OPM breach. So I think 
the more people have first-hand experience with it, they start to understand a little more about why we care about, you know, authentication and, you know, patching your system and, you know, making sure you have the right security tools on your machine and you're not using public Wi-Fi. Um, yeah. I think more people are getting affected by it. I think that's why. And then the general press obviously has picked up on the law the last 10 years. Um, and then we've seen more high-profile stuff, you know, the bigger breaches, you know, the big mass, massive breaches, Equifax. I mean, they, these are – most people get affected by all of them, so it starts to make you think about what's behind it, you know, what's going on. Um, and then, of course, you know, the nation-state thing has heated up so much in the past year. Um, you know, we saw, you know, the, the run-up to the 2016 election, there was concerns and – and, uh, and I mean, excuse me, after the 2016 election, there were a lot of concerns about the right. voting systems and the election systems, and that's been, you know, front and center of the news, obviously, lately, too. So I think there's just more awareness because it's hitting people more at home, I would say, that that's really what I've found. And, and it's, it's good from our industry perspective to have people in the conversation. I think there's still a lot of learning curves, but, um, you know, it's definitely become a, more of a topic now, and, and that's good. That's a good thing. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, no, this has been really helpful, Kelly. It's been great to hear uh, about dark reading, about Black Hat, and then, of course, on Inside the Media Minds, we do want to um, learn a little bit more about you out, as a person outside of your job. So um, what, when you're not writing, um, what do you usually do in your spare time? I know you're down in Charlottesville, uh, Charlottesville, Virginia. Yeah. Um, well, I'm trying to I'm, – I'm, I'm a recreational runner, so I'm getting back into running, trying to gear up for a couple – not long races. My the rest of my family are, are crazy half marathoners and marathoners. I'm uh -huh. just a K person, but I'm trying to get back into running. Um, well, I and, heard uh, I heard have, that you're um that you're a soccer player. <laughs> that, um, that you were yeah, in college. I'm a, I'm a former soccer player. Yeah, I played uh, in college, so I did play one soccer and then played a little bit after college. And then about four years ago, I had a Achilles injury that kind of made oh, me realize man. that. Um, Probably not a good idea to play anymore, so I, I was coaching as well. So I basically oh, cool. put aside the cleats for the running shoes, and, and most soccer players would tell you running is not their favorite thing. So that's why I talk about it begrudgingly as a runner because mm -hmm. it's just not as much fun as playing was. But <laughs> <laughs> I still love watching soccer. But, yeah, I, I was a, a former player, not anymore. <laughs> got it, got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then, yeah. and um, then we have um, – and Charlottesville has a lot of fun things going on here. We have um, a, a major uh, craft brew explosion here, so we've been oh, cool. we've been uh, checking all that out. And yeah, it's it's a it's a fun town. So there's a lot to do around That's here. Fun, cool. Um, and then another question we like to ask all of our guests is, um, when 2018 is all said and done, what do you think will be one of the biggest headlines this year? You know, it's funny. I, I think there have been so many big headlines this year already. How can we top it? I actually think about that a lot because uh -huh. people ask me, well, do you think that, you know, the power grid's going to be knocked down? I don't think the power grid's going to be knocked down, but I think we'll have – I honestly would not be surprised if we had some sort of a disruptive event during the election this fall. I mean, it mm -hmm. may just be a DDoS attack on a particular, you know, municipality or, you know, some sort of funky thing happening where there's a disruption. I don't think, you know, there's ever going to be like the whole takedown thing at this point, but I feel like we, sure. we've seen enough clues that, you know, the IoT devices are compromised out there, and most people aren't patching those. Um, it was bad enough with people's PCs and laptops, but the IoT stuff, most people have no clue that it has Internet capability, right, or they don't really right. realize that it has vulnerable software or no security. <laughs> so I feel like there's a chance that there would be some sort of disruption um, in this mm -hmm. fall's election, only because I think so many people are, have taken interest, including people who didn't take an interest before. So people might want to test yeah. the waters, right? Or I, I, I was talking to people about this week with another story I read, so it made me think more about it because I had been wondering 
am I, is a, you know, an alarmist mindset, but I, I don't really think it is. I think there is a possibility something will happen. I don't think it will you know, shut down the election, but I think it could maybe cause some, you know, potential, you know, reaction and hopefully the defenders will be on it <laughs> so it doesn't disrupt yeah. things too much. But I, I think there's going to be something that will probably give us a little reality check. I think that's, mm -hmm. that could be totally wrong, but I think that could happen. It could be. And I think that's a perfect example of these cybersecurity issues becoming more mainstream and people, you know, it being on the national news and people really getting worried about it and understanding a little bit more. Um, so we'll have to see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, fingers crossed nothing happens. I hope I'm I know, that. right? But I guess I wouldn't be shocked if something did, but I, you know, I'm going to hope that nothing does. <laughs> exactly. No, definitely agree with you there. Cool. No, thank you so much for joining us today, Kelly. This has been really great. Um, like I said, thanks for sharing all the information with us. Great intelligence. We're looking forward to Black Hat, and hopefully we see you there. Um, and for everyone listening, stay tuned for updates on our next podcast episode, and follow us on Twitter at Media Mind Show.